to the May We Approach podcast. I'm Shelly. I'm Paris. I'm Maya. I'm Avery. And we are back with you uh, again for another episode. We actually just put out, we just went live with all the episodes, and y'all have been giving us this majorly great response. We're all very excited. Very, very excited. Yes, we're loving the feedback, guys. Yep, thank you. Thanks for the love, y'all. Thank y'all for liking and listening and subscribing and telling your friends and sharing posts. Y'all have been great. Absolutely. Okay, so for our opening statement today, so today is August 6th. And we found out this morning with the rest of the world that Toni Morrison passed. Unfortunately. And so, in honor of the late, great Toni Morrison, both of our our opening statement and our closing statement today will be Toni Morrison quotes. So the first one for our opening statement is, freeing yourself was one thing, claiming ownership of that freed self was another. And that's Toni Morrison from Beloved. Snaps to that. Yes. Okay, so just y'all can go ahead and get prepared. This is going to be a heavy episode. If y'all have been paying any attention to what's been going on, it's been heavy. So for our first courtroom topic, we're just going to talk about mass shootings as a whole because uh, we've had four in the last eight or nine days. Something like that, four. Mm-hmm. So the first one was in Gilroy, California. Did y'all hear about that one when it first happened? No. Actually, no. I didn't hear about it when it first happened. This the garlic festival. Yeah. I just didn't know the location of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. on July 28th. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, on July 28th at a garlic festival in Gilroy, California, uh, gunman walked in and shot three people a little boy that was six a girl that was 23 and another young man in his early 20s um it was kind of the the same thing that you always hear the gun was legal nobody really necessarily knew he was planning anything doing anything he walked in start shooting at a random place where everybody should just be safe and having fun the shooter, whose name I have somewhere, but I actually don't care about it. Mm-hmm. The shooter's dead. Uh, it was mixed reports at first. They were saying that the police might have killed him, but it came out later that the police, while they did shoot him, the gunshot wound that actually killed him was self-inflicted. So he killed himself. Um, but yeah, that one happened on, um, what was it, July 28th? Mm-hmm. Yep, July 28th, Garlic Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, what I read something about him having a target list. Oh, I of did people see a that he wanted to, yeah, people that he wanted to kill. What I am, and I shouldn't be happy about this because the media should have been doing this, but with these shootings, this one too, they're actually starting to call these mass shootings domestic terrorism instead of crazy person going to open fire. Lone wolf shooter. Yeah. They're finally giving it the name that it should have had a long time ago. So, and I shouldn't be, we shouldn't just now begin to a point to where we're calling these events, tragic events, and the people who are behind them, domestic terrorists, 
Like we should, we, we've been knew that that's what they were called, but you know, the media don't usually tell the truth or, right. you, you know, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, I read something about, he had a target list and he had like religious institutions on them and federal buildings and how he, had he not been caught now, he, he would have went on like a spree of killing. Or inflicted the gun on himself. So, so the other another shooting that happened on July thirtieth, which is two days after the one in California, was one in Mississippi in a Walmart. Now, this one was a little different than the other ones because it seems like this one was more. This one was more like the mass shootings I used to hear about when I was younger, less than the ones that we have now. This was kind of. This was a guy. He got well. I saw conflicting reports. I saw one that said he was fired and I saw another one that said he was suspended, but either way he was a disgruntled employee and mm-hmm. he came back and specifically shot two people, um, two men that worked for Walmart. So this was more kind of like of what I remember hearing about when I was younger before this just became real commonplace and people just walking into random places. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, with that one, I agree with you, Shelly, that that's something, that's the way your mind would rather it be than to be random. And it's still awful. It's just, it like, yeah. it's awful, but it's not completely like, now what's going on? It makes, as awful as it sounds, it makes more sense. You can make some sense of it other than people just walking into random places and shooting random people that they have no problems with, people they don't know. Right. It, it's, un, it's, it's not understandable, but you understand the concept of someone going to hurt someone that they have an issue with. Mm-hmm. Also a question. Um, the first shooter, um, in Gilroy, um, I know that he was carrying an assault rifle. What about this, this, um, oh, no, see, it was, yeah, this one was, this one was different in all aspects. This guy just had handguns. It wasn't, okay. Okay. this mm-hmm. wasn't, this wasn't one of the, this, this one isn't being investigated as terrorism because this one just isn't, that's not, it doesn't have any of the hallmarks of terrorism. This just sounds like a disgruntled employee did something awful. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And then we get to the biggie. So, um, over the weekend, there were two. Uh, the first one that everyone heard about was in El Paso at a Walmart. Um, this one at, as of, Today, when last time I checked, there were 22 people that were killed in a El Paso Walmart by a 20-year-old shooter, 21-year-old shooter. Uh, 20 minutes before he walked in the Walmart and started shooting, he posted a racist anti-immigrant manifesto on some. I, uh, they all the articles I read claimed it's some well-known like white supremacy site. I never heard of it, and I guess because I'm not a white supremacist, <laughs> but I never heard of it. But he posted at the 20. The 2,300-word document um, that said it said a lot, including "I'm probably gonna die today." Um, he was, and the the things he said in his manifesto sound a lot like Republican talking points. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was mad about immigrants coming and first generation Americans taking jobs away from quote real Americans and stuff like that. He was. Um, concerned that the influx of Latino people in Texas is going to turn Texas blue. Um, he called it an invasion. 
Mm-hmm. It just lo- mm-hmm. lots of the lots of the rhetoric he was using sounded a lot like things the president says, which is why it was so confusing and befuddling right. when he was acting confused about why people were saying it was his fault. Okay, I definitely have a comment on that because it's like um, we read these manifestos and these declarations of what these terrorists, um, what their intentions are. And it's like we are we are aware that these white men will go to the fullest extreme to preserve whiteness, their idea of what whiteness is. Um, I think we're just now getting to just only because of Trump, we're getting to the conversation of, well, not we are, but America as a whole, the media as a whole, we're getting to the conversation of, you know, how do we combat this? You know, like, so, and I don't think that it's Donald Trump's fault. This is America. You know, this is the country we've been all living in for the past, well, since I was born, since I was here, like we've always known that this has existed and has been bubbling under the surface. However, our voices have fallen on deaf ears because for so long, white people have said, Oh, we're tired of the racism talk. Oh, racism, that was so long ago. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's, you're living in the past. Oh, that was 400 years ago. Slavery is over. But now we're confronted with the harsh reality of these people will stop at nothing to preserve whiteness and racism. So, you know, I mean, I'm glad we're having a genuine conversation about it, but it's like, where have y'all been? Where, where have the rest of y'all been, you know? Heads under a rock claiming yeah. that nothing was really wrong. Right. Like the NRA. <laughs> the NRA put <laughs> out a statement. Kill people. The NRA put out a statement. Um, well, actually, so another shooting happened on Saturday, too. The NRA actually put this statement out, I mean, on early morning Sunday. But the NRA put out a statement after both of them that said, the NRA is committed to the safe and lawful use of firearms by those exercising their Second Amendment freedoms. We will not participate in the politicizing of these tragedies, but as always, we will work in good faith to pursue real solutions that protect us from all people who commit these horrific acts. Fluff. Do y'all feel protected by the NRA? No. (laughs) Do y'all feel that the NRA works in good faith for any day? No. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. No! I just... uh, Because... Paris and I were, were talking about this yesterday. Well, no, all of us were talking about it yesterday about how there is money attached to guns in some form or fashion with the people who are in power. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. So there will never be a situation to where we have real, true gun control because it's going to stop the flow of your trillions of damn dollars. You don't give two shits about these people passing away and dying and people losing their moms and their dads and their friends and their sisters and their brothers and their children. You don't give two flat fucks about us. Thoughts and you prayers. Care about your, you care about your fucking money. Point blank, period. So I don't feel I don't feel any more safe from anything that the NRA says okay. at all. Yeah, in addition to what Avery is saying, it's like one when the one first you have President Obama had the um, bill that was passed indicating um, you had to have some type of mental mental stability in order to purchase an assault rifle or some type of weapon of mass destruction. And Donald Trump repealed that. However, 
the other yep, day. Did. The other day, Donald Trump said, oh, we have a mental health problem. We in know. Country, in this country. <laughs> sir, you just repealed We know. You repealed the law. Second, we have, um, what's, what's the guy's name that we were talking about earlier who stated that we need more people with guns in like public Sean Hannity Uh, Hannity. the solution is more guns in schools and shopping centers more we have that second so it's like these people who are who support these republican ideologies surrounding guns they have no intentions on changing um any of this for the betterment of you know us so right the conversation needs to shift with Shift to, obviously, how do we deal with the aftermath of these mass shootings? Because they're not going to stop. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's really the conversation because nobody's taking anybody's guns. And it's like, these assault rifles, they kill multiple people at one time. What are they needed for other than military usage? You're not shooting up animals with these assault rifles. Right. Like with the the number of bullets that tear up the meat. (laughs) <laughs> you're not going to target practice shooting up folks actual people bodies with these assault well obviously they are but i mean what what is the purpose of them other than actual militia usage like right and it's which is the only that- gun ownership that the second amendment actually protect y'all protects. do know that yeah. right? right it's for a well-organized <laughs> militia not just for you crazy rednecks An average citizen no it's it's not and it's like <laughs> When are we going to, I don't know, hold these individuals, not even just the members of Congress, the people in the media? Like, when are we going to say, no, don't say that. Don't, you you need to say this because this is what it is. Like, I mean, you're never going to get any sense out of Fox News, ever. No, You're trying to take away our First Amendment or Second Amendment rights. What? No, I would just like to go to the grocery store without worrying about <laughs> someone blowing my brains in. Cause y'all oh, heard what happened in Bad. Y'all heard what happened in Baton Rouge today, right? Like, yeah, I saw that. A whole lot of nothing, but everybody mm-hmm. freaked out because everybody's on edge. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of nothing. There was a gun involved, right? But yeah. but so apparently, some guy grabbed some scissors and tried to stab another shopper in Walmart. And in retaliation, this shopper was apparently armed and just pulled out their gun and I guess was showing it to the guy as a means of backup or leave me alone or whatever. The guy with the scissors drops the scissors and runs away. But then the other customers see the gun, yell gun, and then everybody just starts running. Uh Like, that's the climate we're in. People are scared at the grocery store. Yeah. And y'all want to holler about, it's your right to bear arms. I don't give a damn. It's my right to go shopping for damn bread. Like, what in the hell are y'all talking about? Right. And no one's trying to take your shotgun that you used to kill deer. No one's trying to take your handgun that you used to protect your family at night. But these assault rifles are unnecessary. There's a robber. They're unnecessary. We want to know because... (laughs) Other than what they normally (laughs) say, which is, it's just my right to have it, which is not a good reason. Exactly. And obviously, (laughs) white men are going out in droves to buy them. So we need to know what, for why, for why. Because it feels like y'all are arming for something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, is there a secret? Like, is there something 
that we need to know about because I just it, I literally don't understand. And I mean, y'all can send in answers to maybe we approach podcast at gmail dot com because we are <laughs> so we really we would like answers. to know. We would like to know <laughs> why do you need your assault rifle for what reason? Well, so one y'all good seen that y'all seen that big deal on Twitter? This this guy they were talking about. Um, you know, being able to have assault weapons and blah, blah, blah. And so this man's defense for assault weapons went viral. He said, legit question for rural Americans. How do you kill 30 to 50 hogs that run into your yard within three to five minutes while my small kids are playing? And so a lot of people thought he was like joking and then they realized he was for real. And then they just kind of like went crazy like are you serious are you sitting here telling me that some crazy looking hogs are coming in to run after your kids and you about to shoot your front yard with your kids in your front yard like miss me with all it the argument so this is hap- this has actually happened to him or <laughs> no see, see the way that you just like when I <laughs> the way that you just reacted it's the same way all of Twitter was just so like, is this real life or <laughs> No, that was a genuine question, though. No, I know. That's why I was funny, which is like, wait, so did this happen or did you just make this up? (laughs) Like people were like one person was like, uh, like making fun of him after they realized it was it was like he was serious. Like one was like, I'm going to call in tomorrow and say, sorry, boss, I can't come in. I have 30 to 50 hogs running through my yard again. Yeah. In about three to five minutes. My children are playing. Like you have people on here just where, going in on where him. Would the no, it makes zero. It right. makes it makes zero. Why are they rampaging? Why can't it your makes, kids get out the way? I have so many questions. Makes, but he was he was trying to say this is the reason why he needed his assault rifle. Bullshit, so sir. Good like, day. What? <laughs> he probably needs to move. Which is why we ask guys, answer. not just for your reasons. We we would like good reasons. Good I need justification. An explanation. <laughs> 30 to 50, my dude, 30 to 50, with your children playing in the yard. Other than it's my right as an American citizen. I need something a little deeper. I need need something better But he gave gave you something deeper. Nope, I need something better. I need something better. That's stupider. (laughs) I need better. She just said stupider. And I meant that. I meant (laughs) that. That's stupider. And I said what I said. That's stupider. I need a better reason. (laughs) Y'all don't, don't, don't pop off on me for what I'm about to say. Do not. We won't. My problem is not with people having automatic weapons. They're assault rifles. I don't have a problem with that personally. It's, my problem is what they do with it. I feel like if you have a gun collector and he has a buttload of all types of guns, you know, from your shotguns, your handguns, your automatic sight rifles, you know, like collector's pieces. That doesn't mind. Like that, that doesn't bother me. I have no issue with that. You keep Mm -hmm. all your little gadgets or whatever. You know what I mean? That's his thing. My problem is what people do with them. And I feel like there is not enough screening precautionary methods methods excuse me to like weed out screen these people i mean i don't know how you do it you know what i mean like i don't know how you say 
check this box if you think you will commit, you know, But that's kind of the problem. That's why it becomes we just can't have these guns around because there's no way to make sure the psychopaths don't get them. Especially well, the way I they go right now. I don't think that's everybody, though. That's, oh, it's I not don't think everybody. That's everybody. So not I don't crazy. think everybody should suffer for this. I don't think it should be because we can't weed out the bad. We're gonna take this from all. I don't. I don't think that should be the case. So what is the alternative? Do. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what we do. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's kind of what the Republicans have been saying so far. <laughs> we don't know what to do, so we're not gonna do shit, and people are just gonna keep dying. They gotta right. do something. I, I remember right. hearing this thing about how you should um you should do guns the way that you do people who get driver's license you can't get one until a certain age you have to take a class or a course and you have to keep that license updated and then you know be able and then on top of that they added like insurance and stuff on your on your on your guns or whatever the issue may be but i don't know about the insurance part but i do feel like the license thing and i believe within that license course that you have to go through to be able to get this that, and the other i feel like a part of that needs to be some type of mental test mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to make sure that you are in a right mind and then i do feel like just with driver's license once you have so many dings on that thing like for instance if you do have a license to you know have your firearm and this that, and the other and you have one too many domestic violence incidences that shit needs to be revoked well, y'all know because Louisiana. Now I don't, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Louisiana, right now they just passed a law, right, um, not too long ago, that uh, when you have a restraining order, I believe, when you have a restraining or protective order, you mm-hmm. have to surrender your gun. They just passed well, yeah. that, and I'm sure it's going to be challenged to say it's not constitutional. <laughs> but, but I think too, I mean, unconstitutional. Yeah. Even with all of that, they needs to have a a a, a, a database. You know, for the places where you can find guns. So, okay, I need to see your license, your driver's license. Let me see if you are licensed to carry a gun. And let me see how many, you know, if you have anything or any reasons to why your license was either revoked or why I should not be selling you this gun. I don't think you should just be able to walk in Walmart and hand them your debit card and walk out that bitch with a gun. Yeah, since these two shootings on inside of Walmart... There's been this push online for Walmart to stop selling guns, which they Walmart ain't gonna ain't do. That. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna do. Of course not. <laughs> but there I, has I been the, I, there's been a push for it. I missed the response, Shelly's response to um, Maya's um, <laughs> uh, oh, statement. Your, your audio but, cut out. <laughs> but um, I would also like to say that um, I mean assault rifles. Um, there's there's no amount of screening that can detect radicalization of white men because women, all sorts of women have mental health issues and we're not going around shooting up Walmart, shooting up movie theaters, shooting up festivals. Mm -hmm. None of that. This is is an issue that is specific to white males. And as long as white males have access to guns, assault rifles, this is obviously going to be an issue. So I don't think there's any screening that can detect whatever that it's going on in their mind because it's not a mental health issue. It's not like it's not a mental health issue. It's racism. And as long as the sky is blue, that will exist. Before we go too far into just the the gun conversation, I want to cover the last uh, shooting that happened this weekend. In Dayton, Ohio, this is the one that happened very early Sunday morning. I think it was like 1 a.m. Sunday morning. 
a 24-year-old gunman walked into a popular, I guess, nightclub district area and shot nine people. And apparently he was able to shoot these nine people within like 32 seconds or something ridiculous. The police killed him within a minute of him opening, opening fire and he was still able to kill nine people and injure oh, like 26. Did you guys see the magazine for his gun? Though? It was a hundred. There's bullet, a reason. It was a hundred. There's a reason magazine. why he was able to kill that. Many he shot up a hundred rounds seconds. in thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I don't see any reason for anybody to have one of those. I just I can't think of any good reason. I can't think of any good reason too, and that's the other part. Like I understand people want to keep their guns and this that, and the other, but then you look at. You know, I do think that there should be an exception for those who collect guns and stuff like that. But like Maya said, you know, like Maya said, I think you should be able to keep that part. But what if, and turn around and like what Shelly said, what do you need with a hundred round magazine? <laughs> you you want to kill people. Yeah. What are you, you That is the purpose. <laughs> you are here to kill people. That's what you came here to do. Because, like you, one of you guys said earlier, like you're not using that to hunt. Because if you want your deer meat, you ain't about to mess it up with all them bullets. Six no, of the nine people that were killed in Dayton were black. Um, they said that his motivation was he was angry that his sister was dating a black guy. He killed oh, his sister. Wow. Yeah, he shot was, his sister. She killed was one sister. of the white victims. And I believe I read that the boyfriend was one of the, the black victims. And like the, the guy whose baby, um, I mean, not his baby, the guy who's, uh, I don't know if his Beyonce. girlfriend or what, I, mm-hmm. but she called him after she got shot in the head and was like, I'm trying to get home to my baby because I was just shot in the head and she died. And it's just like, ugh. Countries are currently it, issuing travel warnings to the United States. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we're the only country with this unlimited access to weapons of mass destruction. And we're the, also the only country with mass shootings. But not the only country year. with mental illness. Go figure. No. Wonder how yeah. that works. It's just like. <laughs> you mean access this, to this guns lets people shoot people? Go figure. Who would have right. thought? Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, people are killed in other ways. People can get sh- killed with handguns. They can get, with, get killed with knives, bare hands. Other objects, people, objects of that can cause um, great injury or bodily harm. We get it. But I'm pretty sure you can't go anywhere and kill like 20, 20 to 30, even 10 people at once. Not with a handgun. Not with a shotgun. It's just not going to happen. Y'all's president. Hmm. <laughs> Y'all's president. What our president did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I prefer the occupant of the White House. <laughs> the, the current, occupant. The, the temporary <laughs> occupant of the White House said, well, first of all, did y'all <laughs> Paris sent a clip of his, his remarks because I refuse to listen to him talk at this point generally. But <laughs> Paris sent a clip of his remarks. It was the most empty reading from a teleprompter mm. I've ever witnessed in my life. And I got through maybe like five sentences. It's just, it was, y'all, it was awful. There was no emotion. There was no sincerity. There was no nothing. No compassion, and no there, empathy. Right. There was just That's words. It. it was just words. And, and he was reading. Love, they were looking into a camera. Yeah, and I love that the media... Um, 
well, the commentators that I've been listening to uh, lately, they've been like, he read from a teleprompter X, Y, and Z. Because like, everyone knows left. that he no, would not have back. said it himself. <laughs> he wouldn't. Yeah. These words would not have come out his mouth if someone hadn't written them for him. But right. let me tell y'all the words so we can laugh together. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. He, um, he warned of the perils of the internet and social media. He talked about video games being the problem. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and he called for the death penalty. He's good at that. He really likes to call for death, death penalties. He does. That's like his thing. He really enjoys calling for death penalties. Um, so today, oh, I'm sorry. He also, mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Say to that coming from him. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my response. Okay. So, I mean, I do agree that it is hatred that pulls the trigger. I mean, it is. They but just it's hatred, hate black people. It's hatred that pulls the trigger and the Republicans that allow them access to the trigger. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Thank right. you. Thank right. you. <laughs> Specifically, Massacre Mitch. <laughs> so in February, the Democratic led House of Representatives passed two bills, two gun control bills. Um, one was. H.R. 8, it was actually bipartisan. It passed with eight Republicans joining almost all the Democrats, and a vote of 240 to 190. Um, it was a background check bill, which would prohibit most person-to-person firearm transfers unless a background check can be conducted, aiming to close a potential loophole allowing the transfer of firearms without a background check at gun shows or between, or between individuals. Hmm. Um, the other like bill that, that they yeah. passed was also a background check law, um, HR 1112. It passed with the exact same vote total, uh, 240 to 190 with, it was bipartisan too. Um, and this bill would extend at, would extend to at least 10 days. The amount of time firearm, firearms dealers must wait for a response from the background check system before the sale can proceed because currently if they haven't received a response in three days, they can sell the gun. That's how the law is written. Currently, they have to conduct the background check, but if they haven't heard back in three days' time, they can just sell the gun. Mm. As if they gotten a clean background check. Right. Oh, no. Um. So, like I said, the House passed all the, both of these bills in February of this year, 2019. And they are currently just sitting because... Mitch McConnell, as a Senate Majority Leader, refuses to bring the bills for a vote. And we know why Mitch McConnell is refusing to bring the bills for a vote. He doesn't want to put his Republican senators in the position of having to vote either way. Because that's bad business for them. The country overwhelmingly supports background checks. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. However, the Republican senators get a lot of money from the NRA. And the NRA isn't down with background checks. Mitch McConnell himself just got almost $2 million from the NRA. Trump got almost $30 million. Mm-hmm. Our very own Bill Cassidy 
got two point eight million. Two point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Rubio so, got three point three. They got a lot of money from yeah. NRA. And so what it puts the if, if the if this bill if these bills were to come for a vote, it puts the Republican senators in the position of either having to vote against their constituents their constituents' wishes or voting against the NRA that gave them so much money. So in order to not have them to make a decision, Mitch McConnell just won't bring it up for a vote. So Ooh. currently, there's a hashtag going around. Hashtag Massacre Mitch. Everybody's pissed off at Mitch because Mitch won't bring these bills for a vote. He has them. They're sitting there. All you have to do is allow them onto the Senate floor to be voted for. Or against. Make your senators do something. They've been elected for a reason. Do something. Mm-hmm. Vote for it. Mm-hmm. Vote against it. Do something. Right. At least and, at least try. Have y'all you guys listened to um Trevor Noah? Yeah. Yeah. Did That's you guys see? Band. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Um he was he brought up um this issue and he was, you know, how everybody what are people who are for guns are like, you know, why aren't you saying anything about President Obama or whoever else? And so he brought up the thought of actually the administrations who actually tried. He was like, you can't say much about Obama or any or, you know, Clinton or anybody like that, because these are people who at least tried yeah. to fix the issue. Well, Clinton passed the um the violent the violent crime control law. uh Clinton passed the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, which mm-hmm. did ban assault. It banned assault weapons. However, mm-hmm. it lapsed in 2004, and ever since then, the Republicans have but not. She didn't, yeah, they haven't. Didn't they haven't. It. Yeah, they haven't renewed it. They haven't tried to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Well, the Democrats have repeatedly tried to bring it back, but can't get it through the Senate because the Senate is held by dummies. And yeah. also. Um, like I don't I don't know what Mitch's I don't know reservation would be because the people who have elected these Republican officials they want to keep their guns too so I don't think they would offend any of their voters in either way or the other I just think they're probably scared that well so the two bills are only about background checks and background Mm -hmm. checks are like really really heavily supported just in the general community it's something okay it's something crazy like 89 percent of people oh support really ba- i didn't even yeah see, no. i didn't even know their just, supporters just background checks <laughs> they don't support a damn thing else but right. we can all agree that we should at least know the mm-hmm. we should at least know the background of the people getting these guns we can all agree mm-hmm. on that and so mm-hmm. the background checks are really supported in the community which is why he doesn't want them to have to vote for it because if you listen to what your constituents are se- telling you you would vote for this. But if you listen to what the NRA is telling you and what their money is buying them, you need to vote no. And so he just, he won't, he won't make them make a decision. Yeah. Cause they, they've gotten like Google gobs of money, y'all. Google gobs yeah. of money from the yeah, NRA. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Millions of dollars. Bro. What's the problem with having background checks? I'm just saying we got to go through background checks to the get NRA, jobs yeah. and other stuff. Like, <laughs> the NRA yeah. seems to think that any gun control measures is a slippery Limit slope. Limit the money. It's yeah. a slippery slope. They think yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, if you start with anything, you're going to just end up with guns. With nothing. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to end up with what all the Republicans and white people were saying when Obama got elected. He's going to take your guns. You better. You, yeah. you remember? 
Yeah. That's what we're going to get. But it, after um after the Vegas shooting in um 2000 October 2017, they were able to get a bump stock ban. But it only um, applies to bump stocks. Y'all remember the guy in, in Las Vegas? He had some kind of modification on his gun mm-hmm. that made him able to yeah. shoot faster and more or something like yeah. that. And so they they banned anything that modifies a gun. So they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's it. Yeah. I just feel like the entire Republican Party is like a walking contradiction. They're trash. Like, they are. They are. You don't want to have regulations on guns. But you want to regulate what women do, like I. Oh, yeah, I can't tell you what to do like, with your guns, but you can control my uterus. Thanks, guys. Right, right. Your, really gun, is. your gun is personal, but what happens in my uterus is for public decision. Right, Great. right. Got like, it. I'm just trying to understand, like y'all what? sleep, but me and Maya moving to Canada. Just right. I put that in the chat. I put that in the chat. Anybody sleep? Who sleep? I'm gonna be right there with you. I just I watch Handmaid's Tale. Girl, the Handmaid's Tale get you right quick. You better get the candidate at the beginning because at the end it's hard to get there. I already said what. What are the waiver uh, requirements? I can just go and try to wave up in there. (laughs) Man, this is like y'all. This is this is crazy. Like this is. (sighs) But it also makes me sad because, yeah, that was y'all. I think I was talking about. Just about like being able just to send like our children out or our family out, our loved mm-hmm. ones out, mm-hmm. and hope and pray that they just make it back to us safely. Right. Like yeah. my child to school, me me going to Walmart, going up the street, going to a festival. No, literally I'm... when the um when that report came out in Baton Rouge today that there was an active shooter in Walmart because that was the first report everybody got here that there was mm-hmm. an active shooter mm-hmm. in Walmart. I texted my family like, so I need a roll yeah, call. Girl. Right. everybody y'all accounted mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. this is terrifying people can't go about their regular day-to-day lives because yep. people spray bullets everywhere like this is stupid mm-hmm. this yep. doesn't make any damn sense and it's crazy because yeah. have y'all seen the 119 dollar uh bulletproof backpacks yes yep. i saw that yep seen it's it. like can we <laughs> we can go to all of these first of all kids <laughs> wear backpacks on their backs now, mm-hmm. a lot of times, I don't know, call me crazy, but a lot of times shooters aim for like the chest area, the head area, you know, the the things we can actually see. Like typically, well, sometimes, I mean, by chance you can be running away from bullets, but the the bulletproof backpack is not going to stop too much, but we could get some gun laws. Like, right, the fact that all this innovation <laughs> is going towards yeah. things like bulletproof book sacks and bulletproof school supplies and <laughs> and doing all these things to modify and advance <laughs> the security right. systems. Right. It's, That's yeah, it's like said, everything is trying mm-hmm. to, to account for ways to do anything other than controlling these goddamn guns. Like, right. y'all right. are trying to do everything right. other right. than fix the damn problem. When the problem's exactly. really clear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, That's why I said the best thing we can do is get bulletproof backpacks, helmets, like, because they're not about to change. Yeah, because, I mean, there's nothing else not. that can be done at this point because they're not right. going to do mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of um, the twenty. 20- the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates have responded. They were they responded specifically to 45 and his foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll just run through some of the ones that I have right You got me. what Beto said, Shelly? Oh, that was so that was great. great. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a bit of what Beto said. So Beto O'Rourke was particularly raw when he first um well, so he tweeted. I'll read y'all his tweet because I don't have the video of his tweet. He tweeted, only a racist driven by fear could witness what took place this weekend and instead of standing up to hatred, side with the mass murderer's call to make our country more white. We are so much better than this president. So that's what he tweeted. But um, did I? I'm, I'm sorry. So if y'all didn't know, Beto O'Rourke is from El Paso. This is hometown stuff. So that's always mm-hmm. going to be closer to, closer to home. It's going to hit harder. All of that. Um, and so while he was there, uh, at the scene, while Beto was at the scene, um, a reporter asked him if he thought the president was racist. And this was <laughs> Beto's response. He's, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Um, I, I, I don't know, like members of the press, what the f- Hold on a second. You know, uh, I, I, it's, it's these, um... It's these questions that you know the answers to. I mean, connect the dots about what he's been doing in this country. Um, he's not tolerating racism. He's promoting racism. He's not tolerating violence. He's inciting racism and violence in this country. And I mean, everybody's like, so where's the lie? Right. Because I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen, I, they, they, they were playing a clip this weekend of Trump at a rally. And he was talking about, um, I think he was talking about immigrants. Um, I think he was talking about immigrants. And as he was talking about it, he said, and what do you do about these people or something like that? And someone in the crowd yelled back to him, shoot them. And he left. Mm-hmm. That's, he left. that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like that's, that's your leader. That, right. That's your leader. Mm-hmm. And then you want to turn and around and say, well, how are you going to blame this on me? Because it's your fault. What you mean? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. else are we going to blame it on? You didn't start it, but you damn sure have made it worse. Mm -hmm. It didn't start with you, but you have fanned the flames like crazy. That's a good way to put it. You have fanned the flames, my boy. Yeah, no, this didn't start with him, but he has fanned the flames. And he's also made FBI agents, apparently, more reluctant to pursue white nationalist extremists because they don't want to appear as if they're targeting Trump's base. Let that shit sink right. in. But that it is, is his base. It is his base. That's the fact like, that your base is the is comprised of those people. It is, it is his base. And everyone knows it, including the Fed. So a former okay, let me let me read you all of this. It's a former FBI counterterrorism agent named Dave Gomez. He was doing an interview with the Washington Post. And he said, quote, there is some reluctance among agents to bring forth an investigation that targets what the president perceives as his base. It's a no win situation for the FBI, for the FBI agent or supervisor. But y'all ain't got no problem going after black folks. Oh, well, girl. Black folks ain't got no power, though. Not oh, like goodness. that. Oh, my goodness. Um, and. And they also they also cited as a reason that they might not that the that the FBI might not want to investigate these people. Um, they also cited how Trump was attacking the FBI not too long ago, whenever the Mueller investigation was going on and all of that. He was consistently attacking the FBI, and so they're also saying that because he's attacked the FBI in this manner, the FBI is less likely to actually pursue these white nationalists, which is insane because that was the whole point. That was why mm-hmm. he was. 
he was attacking the FBI. Mm-hmm. May I have the floor? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a president, Donald Trump. The FBI will not investigate him. Congress cannot bring, for some reason, cannot bring any documentation to impeach him. Congress can't do anything because there's really no control other than Republican control. The Supreme Court is kind of tilting towards the right. We what, what's happening? What, what, what is the state of the country? What does that sound like? Oh, Gilead. Fascism, <laughs> yeah. Fascism and dictatorship. That's what this is. You, this man has the country, <laughs> like, has, is holding, basically grabbing the country by the balls. And, Which oh, we can't do that because like this is going to do this. We can't do that because this is going to do this. We can't do that because this is going to do this. It's a whole lot of what we can't this do is a and nothing's getting done. And nobody is using these words because they have no problem with calling Democrats socialists. They have no problem calling um, Democrats um, liberal communist, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. will not call Donald Trump a dictator, a fascist president. We will not mm-hmm. do it. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know because the truth is just what it is. Right? No, the truth is just, what it is, and it's just like it, this is this is our reality. And it's like if honestly, if y'all don't come out voting in droves, you need to find another plan as far as your your residency, your domic- dom- domiciliary nation. Because if if you ain't white, this ain't gonna be a friendly place for you to live. For the, the record, one. the FBI, an FBI representative told the Washington Post that the comments that Mr. Gomez or Agent Gomez made were not accurate and that the agency distributes resources according to its assessment of the threat posed by domestic terrorism. The problem with him saying that is that <laughs> the FBI says that 40% of domestic terrorism involves racism. So explain to me again, that's almost half. <laughs> that's almost half by y'all's assessment and I'm just gonna say that I don't necessarily believe your assessment is quite accurate I'm sure it's more than that honestly I'm sure it's more than 40% <laughs> just I'm, I'm almost positive it's more than 40% but even if your number was correct and it's 40% I'm not sure why you're not focusing more on this I'm not sure why you're not investigating these damn white nationalist groups I've I've seen multiple right. reports saying that white nationalism and white terrorism is like the most the biggest threat to America. Why y'all running around worried about brown people in turbans? This is the real problem. Yeah. And y'all just ignore it because Billy looks like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're not scared of that, Billy. That even when Billy is the damn threat to you and everyone else out here. That the humanization of Billy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're dealing mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Your son and looks they don't like think Billy. Billy's coming for them. That's right. what it is. Even though when mm-hmm. these damn people start spraying these bullets, they it's not care. hard for you to catch one. They don't sure. care. Who bullets don't have names. They on don't. It. My mama said that for they years. Don't. Bullets do not have name tags. And we saw that. They at don't. Vegas. Yeah. So y'all need to be scared of Billy too. <laughs> Go get Billy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah, we can be done with the shootings. I'm tired. Okay. But it's not about to get better. We can just be done with the shootings. Well, No, we're going to well, speak it. It we, is going to get better. Cause with oh, this no, no. Election, I, I, we, no, no, no. I meant these topics are not about to oh, get better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really not moving on from shootings. Because this is a shooting as well. This just wasn't a mass murder. This was a direct murder by a Baton Rouge police officer when he murdered Alton Sterling. 
Um, <sighs> um, I remember setting for the bar when that happened. Yeah, Girl. that was that mm-hmm. was pretty bad. Okay, so we're all we've all been around while this was happening, but in case any of you have missed the details, um, on July fifth, twenty sixteen, Alton Sterling, a black man in Baton Rouge, was shot and killed by then BRPD officer Blaine Salamone. Um, and Blaine Salamone is the one that fired the shots, but his partner, I guess it was his partner, he was riding with him that night, whatever. He was there too, was um, Howie Lake the second. Um, they put out multiple videos in this that showed different angles. Ultimately, it was seen that... Um, Austin Sterling was pinned to the ground by both officers with one kneeling on his chest and the other on his thigh, um, holding down his arms while they were holding down his arms. Salamone screams. He's got a gun. He's going for his pocket. He's, he's going for a gun and then proceeds to shoot Austin Sterling six times from no more than three feet away. As a result, in May of 2017, the United States Justice Department decided not to do shit. In March 2018, the Attorney General of Louisiana, Jeff Landry's office, decided not to do shit. Um, but shortly after that, on March 30th, um, Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul fired Salamone. Um, Salamone appeared his firing and last week, uh, well, a settlement was reached with Salamone. And last week, the details of the settlement were announced to the Baton, well, to the Baton Rouge community, but to the nation, really, because everyone picked up the story because everyone had picked up the Alton Sterling story when it originally happened. Um, so Chief Paul was hired. Like I said, Alton Sterling happened in July of 2016. Chief Paul was hired in January of 2018. So when he was hired, this was already going on. Everything was already underway. Um, And the details of the settlement that were announced say that Blake Salamone was allowed to resign. Um, He would not get back pay for his um, time missed while he was going through all of this. But he is allowed to go seek employment at other police departments. Just not, he'll never wear another Baton Rouge police officer uniform, but he is allowed, um, terms of his settlement say he's allowed to seek employment elsewhere. Um, that's not safe. That's not safe at all. That's not safe at all. But, um, so chief Murphy Paul was on TV. I believe this came out Wednesday. (laughs) It was Wednesday. Came out Wednesday. Um, and this article says he apologized to the public no less than 15 times. And he did. I, I, I watched the whole press conference. I actually was crying during the press conference. Um, he said, Baton Rouge, we're sorry. The actions and the character of Salamone do not reflect how BRPD operates as an organization. We are a department committed to healing and to safety. Um, he said a lot more than that, but that's the pertinent part that everyone keeps reporting on because it's so uncommon for that to be law enforcement's response to a officer involved shooting. That's almost never what you hear. You almost never, you almost never get an apology. 
Mm-hmm. You don't get much else either, but and You're I mean, damn and, sure not get no apology. Yeah, like the the apology is is the last thing on the list because in general, I mean, personally, I feel in general they're not sorry. <laughs> so why would you apologize? Um. But of course, because it would go against their whole justification, right? For right. The officer did what they, they apologize, and people have actually right. raised that in 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 question to what he said. They were asked. They were basically saying like, so if you apologize, because currently, currently in Baton Rouge, the Sterling family has a civil suit against the department, mm-hmm. and I think Salomon, but definitely the the department. And so mm-hmm. they were basically asking if his apology was basically a mission of guilt. And my response to that is, but you're guilty, so what's the problem? But it certainly doesn't help their case if there is a civil suit pending. No, it doesn't help their case, but it is the damn truth. Right. We all know Blaine Salamone is a murderer. That's mm-hmm. that's that's just a fact at this point. We all saw the video. And you have just let a murderer go. Right. I think because the the my biggest issue, because he should have just been fired. Like, this shouldn't have been a situation... I mean, I would have really been happy had he been tried and convicted of murder, but I guess I'm asking for too much. Way too damn much. We're never going <laughs> But I think in this situation, because we, like, once I was able to read his history, like, this is not his first run-in in a situation like this. No. So the chief said, basically, in his, his remarks, I'm paraphrasing, but he said that Blaine Salamone should have never been hired. Mm-hmm. He had multiple charges, criminal charges in his background that should have precluded him from even being hired. He also lied on his application and that also should have precluded him from being hired. That did not mm-hmm. happen. But everyone in Baton Rouge knows why it didn't happen. I got a problem with this whole situation. Like you allow him to resign, which means he gets to get all of his you know, he's able to go apply and yeah. all elsewhere. You know, with that fire, you're done. You can't come back, you know? But now you, we've extended this opportunity. So what happens when this goes happen, when this happens again? What so happens? Chief Paul... Because his mindset hasn't changed. No, it has not. Actually, it's probably gotten worse. He's probably pissed off this, that he's been under this scrutiny. Well, right. not even probably. His, his lawyers came out talking crazy. I'll tell you about that in a second. But Chief Paul basically said he justified the allowing him to resign by basically saying that it was time for Baton Rouge to start the healing process. And the best way he thought that would that could happen was to basically bring the situation to a conclusion, to not have this open anymore, to close it, to be done with it. Because his main goal, his main goal in all of this was not only to help the Baton Rouge community heal, but to also ensure that Blake Salamone would not be able to ever return to the Baton Rouge Police Department. Because what his actual appeal said, he was appealing the firing as, right. as to return to work. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make sure that that would not happen, they made this settlement. And I mean, his lawyer, after his lawyer whined and cried about the... Um, I'm sorry. Before I get to that, former Baton Rouge police chief Pat Anglade said, since we're apologizing today, I want to apologize to the officers of BRPD who had to go through hell for the last three years for nothing they did. They saw their brother officers murdered by an idiot who murdered or permanently injured them because of Sterling. 
We also need to apologize to the families of Matt, Brad, Montreal, Nick, Bruce, and Chad. They had nothing to do with Sterling, but died or were injured because of him. BRPD and EBRSO, which is the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office, have been put through more than can be imagined, and those families lost these heroes because of the actions of Sterling. Because what? of what? What? That's what he said, y'all. I'm just reading. Who said that? Former police chief Pat Onglade. Wow. That hurts my feelings to even know that you think like that. Not disregarding the loss of those officers. No, no, because yes, and, that is a tragic And loss. that's the thing. No, nobody in the black community has ever tried to justify or discount the tragedy that happened right. to those officers. Ever exactly. in life. I've not right. heard anybody do that. No one was here celebrating when those cops got killed. Because no one should have to run around thinking that they're going to get shot on a random ass day. No one exactly. has, has applauded right. that. Including Alton Sterling. Including Alton Sterling. Mm-hmm. Including everybody who get goddamn bread at the, at the supermarket. And no one should have to walk around worried about injury. catching a bully. Right. He and you said, have the nerve. He said Sterling three to four times in this statement as if Alton Sterling was the one out here pulling the trigger on these cops. When it wasn't. The guy no. that shot those cops wasn't even from Baton Rouge. Right. He wasn't even from here. So what they need to apologize for is beyond me. And who the hell should be apologizing? Exactly. He was a lone wolf, just like all y'all white boy shooters. What What should we be apologizing for? Y'all don't apologize for them. Right. E- ever. Ever. You don't group so your lone wolf. So who should be apologizing? Because the way I took this, Pat... Was that because the police chief was black, he should apologize for what this black man came here and did in speaking of the shooter that killed the cops. That's how I took it, because I'm not sure who else should be apologizing. He was on the only person that came out and apologized that day was Chief Paul. And so for you to sit up here and ask for an apology for stuff that no one that is in the Baton Rouge community had anything to do with. Right. It's just ridiculous. That's just crazy. Absolutely full of it. Nope. And y'all let a murderer on the loose. Got a few of them on the loose. Let's be let's be correct. Got a few of them on the loose. Oh. Um, the police union is saddened with the character assassination of Blaine Salamone. He's assassinated his own damn character. He is who he is. And after you sat there and. He literally got that job off of a homeboy hookup and took somebody's The life. good old boy system. Yeah. Come on. So one of the more poignant statements made by Chief Paul was, our past requires that we see this Alton Sterling incident not as an isolated one, but what it truly represents is an example of a well-documented pattern of behavior by a man who should have never worn this uniform, period. We have to call it for what it is. We have some who believe that Salomon's behavior was acceptable because he encountered an an armed individual. There's a reason we train officers on how to respond to certain situations. And it's our job to make sure he's behaving in the way that he was trained. So when I listened to Chief Paul's um, response, his, his, his remarks, I appreciated them because they did. It felt sincere. It felt heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times I thought he was going to bust out in tears himself. It, it really, it, it, it felt heartfelt. It really did. Um, Cause he's probably thinking understand. that's my son out yeah. there. That's right. my brother. That's my, like. And at the same yeah. time, the actual 
consequences that will be suffered by Salamone just felt empty as hell. And so I I left the press conference feeling very conflicted. I was just, well, not left. I wasn't there. But after I watched it, I was feeling very conflicted because I did, I felt, I felt the sincerity of Chief Paul and I appreciated it. I really did. But the idea that he's been allowed to resign and possibly go police other communities, just nothing happened to him. So um, the police union said they were saddened with the character assassin, uh, assassination of Blaine Salamone. And his lawyer said, Paul's remarks were inappropriate. It was irresponsible for him to say things like that. Blaine was very offended. Does anybody give a damn that Blaine was offended? <laughs> no. Um, the, pol- the police union put out a longer statement. I don't care to read it all because I don't really care what they have to say. But I mean, in pertinent yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are both angered and saddened with the character assassination of Blaine Salamone, previous, administ- previous administrations, as well as past and present members of the Baton Rouge Police Department. We disagree with the assertions made in the press conference pertaining to Blaine Salamone's pre-employment process and tenure in the Baton Rouge Police Department. And then they go on to give things that they say are facts that facts seem to it disagree don't matter. with. Um, they, go, know, they go on to basically say that Blaine has black friends. So? <gasps> I mean, that's not what they say. They, we, they, 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 say <laughs> they say Officer Blaine Salomon was recognized with a life-saving award of an African-American male citizen. Which is basically Blaine, Blaine got back black friends, right? Isn't that what it yeah. is? That's basically, well, I mean, he's done something for the blacks. So what are y'all talking about? Who cares that he murdered somebody? <laughs> well, that's I'm exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, that's, that's what they said. Our black community. All of us we are t- not gangbangers or drug talking diggers. about character assassination when, when someone's Elton Sterling is dead. Literally dead. Right. And, literally <laughs> dead. And you get to go and off and get another job. nobody went for it. I think that was you like the Huffington Post's, the Huffington Post headline was like, White male privilege. The Huffington Post basically, their headline basically said something like, police chief apologizes for hiring an of officer in Austin Sterling murder. Sterling's still dead. That was the headline. Something like that. And I was just like, yeah, that that was literally how it felt. Mm-hmm. It was like, I feel your apology. I accept your apology. And Alton Sterling's mm-hmm. still dead. And Blaine exactly. Salomon is still free. And I'm glad that we have these, I don't know who Huffington Post is owned by or who these other um um, news media outlets are owned by but I'm glad that there are people who are finally telling our stories accurately like who can be our voice and who will stand up and just tell the truth because play, people like the police union and all these other uh, little mini organizations that cater to whiteness and white male privilege is just if that's what you're getting and that's all of your news media or WAFB or WBRZ whoever you're nine times out of ten. You're not going to give a damn about this black man who was killed. So I'm I'm just glad that there's these other uh, platforms that are using their voices to actually tell our stories because yeah. all this other stuff that's just frustrating. Like we're literally sitting sitting here talking about the character assassination of Salamone, somebody who can go get another job and be paid to kill black folks. Like he still has breath in his lungs, right? Exactly. Compared to the person who has been buried by his family. Yep. 
I feel disrespected. Like, yeah. I truly yeah. feel disrespected. Like, you want to talk about your feelings being I hurt? felt disrespected at every stage of this investigation, y'all. Every, yeah. every time. Because yes. when that video came out, right after Jeff Landry came out and said that they weren't going to prosecute um, mm. in the state, right after that came out, they released another video. I think it was the body cam video. They released the video, and they hadn't released it in the two years prior to that. They released the video, and... That video, there were videos out from the beginning. There were security cameras. There were cell phone videos. There were videos from the very beginning. But all these videos were at, like, weird angles and weird stuff was mm-hmm. going on. But then they released this other video. And, y'all, that is the oh, last, that was, that that was is the last police-involved sh- shooting video that I have watched. That video yeah, messed me up. And I have not watched another one. That video was awful. It is horrible. Yeah. Y'all, this like really truly just makes me sad. Like I am sad. I really am sad cuz it's just like y'all really just don't care about me, my son, you know, my my boyfriend, my father, my brother, my mother, like we are nothing to y'all. We are nothing. And it just like I don't even know like it just makes me stare. Like what I told y'all about my sister yesterday. Yeah. I literally mm-hmm. was scared, y'all. She texted me talking about the cops pulled me over. It hadn't been three three seconds since she sent me she sent me the picture. And I'm calling, texting, calling, texting, FaceTiming. And y'all, I promise you, she sent that at like 808. It's it's like 828. She's still not answering. I sent her another text at 832. And I said, if you don't pick up this phone. I am going to find you because we, we share our location all the time. That's I said, I, I am going mm-hmm. to get you. You better answer this phone because I am freaking out that my sister, whether she's arrested, whether they're throwing her on the side of the car, whether they be, I don't know. Yeah. In this, in this I, no, world it's that a we real live in thing. today. It's a real fear. That's a real Jesus. fear. Like, I mean, when, when my boyfriend got pulled over, he FaceTimed me. And propped the camera up. And I screen recorded his FaceTime. Until they gave him his ticket and he was able to get in his car. But it should not be like that. It shouldn't be to a point to where it's like, I can't trust the goddamn cops. I'm going to call somebody. Babe, can you please record this? Mm Because just in case something happens, it should not be like that. It should be. They just pulled me over. It's probably because of my taillight. I'll call you back. Like, it mm. shouldn't be a situation to where you need video proof. Why do you need video proof of you being pulled over from the cops? Until that body cam come out or somebody off in the distance just so happened to record the situation. And then you go back to what the police put in the police report and it's like, uh, that's not what happened. Mm. Mm. But that's insane that, that you have to do that. That you have to you know, pick up the phone and say, hey, listen to this just in case just in case something happened to me because the cops pulled me over. Right. right. That shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the time that you're scared. There's a right. post to protect and serve. Like it lit your badge literally says to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got put a couple weeks ago. People yeah. Who are supposed to protect and serve. Exactly. Yes, like that my, is the situation that it is. Right. You were scared. I got put up a couple weeks ago and I called my mama. I always call my mama when I get pulled over. Mm. And it's for nothing other than for someone to be on this phone to witness what's going on. Yep. 
the pro- those who are supposed to protect and serve cannot be trusted. And that's that's a, a, a formula for disaster. Mm. But then, and the thing about it is, the bad part about it is, the police have been doing this for a while. It's just that we just so happen to now have cameras on our phones. You can record things on your phone now. You have Facebook Live. You have Instagram Live. You have all of these outlets to allow you to account for what really happened to you. Yeah, because I mean, that was one of the questions that a lot of people were having. Was police brutality just becoming a problem? It's not. (laughs) It's not. You're just seeing it. (laughs) We've always known it's a problem over here. Yeah. Hello, Rodney King. Like, like, come on, people. It's been a problem. I mean, you know, I was was listening to... um, I was listening to this guy speak on MSNBC, and he, he it's on uh, whose page is this on? What's the lady's name? Amanda Seals. Seals. It's on her page, and he spoke about you know communities. Oh, the, the whole thing is just very heartfelt and emotional and true. But you know, there was a part that he was talking about how. I already knew what was going on because, you know, I grew up in a place to where this wasn't a fairy tale. This was a, com- a community that took the brunt of the truth of America. So I, I you know, I didn't, I, I can't, I can't afford to live in this fairy tale world that y'all think that America is. This is not what this is. And, you know, and it bothers me sometimes, especially with minorities, whether it's black or Hispanic or Anybody that's a minority sits here and acts like this isn't something that's going on and as if, you know, minorities are, or people of color are playing a victim. No, these are true things. There is no reason why my heart should drop because I see a cop behind me. Not because I'm speeding or anything like that, because I don't know if you're going to pull me over for some bullshit and then I'm going to have to figure out the best way to get out of this shit. The best, place to play, the best way to right. play nice so you don't get offended. or Because, I mean, right. that's what happened with Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland wasn't being aggressive in any way. She just wasn't necessarily nice to him. That was all. That was her crime. He asked her, I, I, I he asked her to put out her ego. cigarette. She said no. That was it. Get out of the car. For what? For what? I didn't do anything. I'm in my car with my cigarette. And you asked me if I could put it out. You didn't even tell me to put it out. It was a question, which means I can either say yes or no. I picked no. And she ended up dead. I remember telling my mom when Sandra Bland first happened that that one resonated with me more than the rest. And it's not that they all don't resonate with you because on some level they all do and they all hurt. But Sandra Bland more resonated, I think, because I could see myself in Sandra Bland. She Flip mouth, quick with the, I, I can see mm-hmm. myself. I, I have that affliction. And I can see me getting pulled over and just being annoyed and just not being mm-hmm. nice. And if that's mm-hmm. all it takes to get you killed in America, that's a goddamn problem. Absolutely. Right. Like, it's not the public's responsibility to, to, to have to, to take care of the police's feelings. You're at work. Do your job. Do it well and go home like everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's literally all you have to do. Do your job, do it well, and go home. 
And no one's discounting that y'all have a hard job. We know y'all have a hard job. And we know mm-hmm. that y'all are necessary. But that doesn't mean you get to not do your job well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they know mm-hmm. they have a hard job as well. So there should be an expectation that um, you may not have, you may not be dealing with the friendliest black person. You may not be dealing with the person who's just in this completely compliant mood. So yeah. you have to put your training skills to, mm-hmm. to work some days. Yeah, I mean, some days you well, have you know. to go to the fullest extent of whatever it is you were trained to do. Because I mean, let's well, be yeah. honest, the relationship and the history between police and the black community has not been great. Not even damn good. It's never, it's never been. When it's has it been, been great? Like, ever. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The history has not been, been great, ever. And I mean, and even with that, Paris, their training is in question. Like, that's mm. questionable, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I know my husband went through the police academy, and he was like, oh, we weren't trained to do that. So That's unfortunate, then. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate, but I mean, I feel like the training for a police officer, I think I would even feel a whole lot better if it was like a true degree that somebody got and not just going through an academy. And I I mean, it's probably something that's, you know, equal to maybe a degree. I don't know. But I mean, I feel like this isn't something that should go quickly through the academy. Like you need to learn how to deal with people with mental illnesses and things like that and not just be taught to take your gun out if you feel like you're in jeopardy when you're here to protect and serve. I feel like it's more needs to go into it than apparently what's being taught at the academy because clearly it's not enough. And there needs to be a defined spectrum of what is a life-threatening circumstance. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Cause you just taking any old situation that you have killed somebody, and your get out of jail free card is, but I was afraid for my life, and it always works mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. And then Jeff Landry can get on TV and say that it was justifiable and reasonable that you murdered mm-hmm. somebody Why? while you were holding them down. Yeah. But Paris kind of back and everything, but you know. Paris, kind of to what you were saying, we do have some voices that are saying something different. The Baton Rouge chapter, the the NAACP put out a statement. And they responded and they said, the NAACP is thankful that Blaine Salamone's appeal process has been resolved. We feel the settlement is in the best interest of the Baton Rouge Police Department and the the citizens of Baton Rouge. We are both angered and saddened that the Baton Rouge Union of Police continues to support Blaine Salamone, but for the BRPD's handling of Mr. Salamone's employment and but for Mr. Salamone's processing of of his interaction with the community, we would not have have associated loss of life. The NAACP finds the support of Blaine Salamone by the Baton Rouge Union of Police both vile and disgusting. Where was the Baton Rouge Union of Police while BRPD was under consent decree? For those mm. reasons, we ask that our mm-hmm. elected leadership immediately review the ongoing contract status of the Baton Rouge Union of Police. We believe that any organization supporting Blaine Salamone compromises the integrity of that organization and is unworthy of our tax dollars. By supporting Blaine Salamone, the Baton Rouge uh, Union of Police has shown a, trub- a troubling tolerance for those that disregard standard police procedures and criminal laws. We hope that the Baton Rouge Union of Police will someday live up to the high morals and character set forth by Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul. 
Chief Murphy Paul presented courage, honesty, and integrity, all while illustrating what police accountability is. The NAACP stands firmly in support of Chief Murphy Paul and all other members of this excellent police department while asking the citizens of Baton Rouge to do the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way to put it. I mean, that's essentially, I can I can resonate with that a lot. Right, right. It's not the outcome that we wanted, but mm-hmm. hey. yeah. I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, that's I mean, essentially what was said. <laughs> I mean, and that's essentially what it is. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like I mean. For the city of Baton Rouge, he will not be on your police force anymore. You will not, mm-hmm. your tax dollars will not pay him back pay. He, he, he's, he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't going to put him in jail. So this is the best <laughs> right. possible outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that we have a police chief with integrity and honesty and transparency. I appreciate that because not a lot of places have that and you wouldn't expect it to show up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just mm-hmm. being honest. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm appreciative that that is what we have. Um, I I know that he was talking about some initiatives and programs they've started within the police department to try to preempt these situations so they don't happen. Um, I hope those are successful. I hope this never happens in Baton Rouge again. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I mean, I want better for Baton Rouge. Yeah. Same. I want better all over. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah better all over. Yeah, and it's like, okay. especially when it's your own community, you know. Yeah, that hurt hits different when it when it's like right here. Mhm. Mhm. These this is and your like city. The... These are your streets. You this is this is this is it. Even when the movie theater got shot up in Lafayette, it's just yeah. like... Uh, when that happened, my sister I remember was that. messed up. Casey was at UL when that happened. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, child. I would have been on my way yeah. to Lafayette. Oh, no. As soon as it happened, we were like, so where are you? And she was in her dorm because she's a homebody like her sister. But Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Was she good? But yeah, no, for that before, when you, but the moments between seeing that it's somewhere that you know your loved one is and actually talking to them are terrifying. I just, you just kind of be like, oh no, let me, let me, let me call. Let me make sure she's good. (laughs) We've gone really long on our courtroom topics, so we're not going to do kitchen table topics this week. Sorry, guys. Rightfully so. We had a lot to discuss. Today. Yeah, we had a lot. We this still... was a heavy episode. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to try to end on a higher note, if that's possible in this, and end on our Black National Treasure. So this week, in keeping with the rest of the theme of the episode, our Black National Treasure is Mr. Glenn Oakley. Glenn was in a footlocker that is that was apparently close by the Walmart in El Paso where the shooting happened on um, Saturday. And in the midst of all the chaos, um, Mr. Oakley saw that lots of kids were kind of away from their parents and just kind of lost in the shuffle. 
And he took it upon himself to go and just grab as many children as he could. Um, and he's credited with saving a lot of kids. They're calling him a hero. And he's not really taking too kindly to the hero moniker. But he's a hero. He was so humble. Yeah. So humble. And it's Thank like, it's, I totally understand the the idea that he wouldn't want to be called the hero because he literally did what needed to be done mm-hmm. at the time. And I saw him in uniform, so I'm not sure if he's a he member. He is. Of, he's a member of the service. Right. I believe he's in the Army. Army. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was. thought it was the Army. Uh, he said, him. I wasn't really worried about myself. It just brings back flashbacks of, you know, I just hope those kids are all right. And that's all I'm thinking about right now is those kids. I'm not right. even worried about myself. Exactly. And that is the way he was feeling in the moment, too. He wasn't worried about himself. Hero. He was just, <laughs> right. he saw what needed to be done, and he just jumped into action. Exactly. Yeah. And that is why Amen, my the brother. black national treasure right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Shout out to you, Mr. Oakley. And, and so to wrap tonight? up, we're going back to Toni Morrison. My girl. I might watch Beloved tonight. Oh, child. Not tonight. <laughs> Look, not tonight. It's, it's already been heavy, bro. Yeah, that's too heavy for me Ooh. for tonight. I can't take it. <laughs> but she says, the function of freedom is to free someone else. Yes, it Amen. is. Amen. All right. Amen. And with that, we love you guys. Um, continue to tell people about us. Um Send us emails, comments, questions, whatever to the May We Approach podcast at gmail.com. Um, like us on Instagram, Facebook. We're not, we're on Twitter, but no one tweets. Maybe we will start. Um, <laughs> <Yep. I'm about laughs> I don't even have Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I'll tweet. yeah, okay. So, yeah, Paris will be tweeting to y'all. Um, <laughs> we love y'all and come back next week. Thank Bye.